Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Greetings, it's meeting time, and today we have a special guest with us. He's going to share his journey from alcoholism, addiction, to recovery and healing, and his name is Craig D. Craig and I attend the same Christian recovery meeting called Psalms of the Heart every Saturday morning. Craig loves the Lord, he loves recovery, and he also partners with us to keep Christian with Secret Addictions on air for you. Craig, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, Terry. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we've been talking about getting together for a good while, haven't we? We sure have. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Craig, let's just start from the beginning. Where you were, how alcoholism and addiction were destroying your life, and where you are today. Absolutely, Terry. I think my drinking started when uh, my parents and I had moved to a nice part of town when I was 10 years of age. Before that, things were kind of moving along pretty well, but my dad was in corporate America, so he moved into a nice part of town. And with all that, that was all the pressures that came along with it. And uh, fitting in was tough. You know, my dad's from Irwin, my mom's from the North Hills, and we're in a kind of a prominent neighborhood, like I said, and there's a lot of expectations placed upon me to succeed in the private school that I attended, you know, and just to wear the right clothes, say the right things at the right time, those kinds of things. And I was a little over my head. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. I think our current governor was my classmate, for instance. You know, so that's wow. <laughs> yeah, so you know, my parents—they they were hardworking people and loved me very much. They wanted the best for me, but they might have been more worldly than spiritual. You know, as we know, having coming into recovery, that spirituality and God's really what it's all about. But what do we have to go through to get to that place? I'll tell you. Amen. Whew. Well, what did you have to get through? Uh, quite a few things, if I was to be honest with you. <laughs> so anyway, so, you know, I wanted to fit in with the kids, you know, keep up with the Joneses, which is normal as a young kid. Acceptance is important. But I was, like most people, I didn't fit in. I just didn't fit in. I wanted to fit in so desperately. My parents were pressuring me to be that kid that went to the Ivy or maybe close to it. And I wanted to make them happy. So I started hanging out with the cool kids. And wouldn't you know it, the cool kids like to put it back. At the keg parties with the pretty girls and driving their dad's little sport cars they got into the high school. I wanted to be cool and popular, which is part of that childhood thing, right? Alcoholism and, and addiction starts out with fun, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure was fun. And it's funny how whenever you drink, you're tight, then you're not. All of a sudden, you know, your defenses go down. You're talking to girls. You're hanging out with the cool kids. You know, at the big house, you know, hey, I'm somebody. Does that make sense? What's interesting about my journey is the first time I put alcohol to my lips, I got drunk. It wasn't a progression. Boom. Wow. Other kids were socially hanging out together, talking about stuff. I was the guy that got drunk and all I wanted to do was drink. I wasn't even concerned about the social thing. Just wanted to get it in. Going to college after high school was the same story. I'm drinking, oh my God, I got to say two cases a week for years you think you had a problem (laughs) i'll tell you it's funny how you know that that drinking really quiets that voice inside your head that you ain't good enough 
You know, alcoholism is a family illness. I love my parents to death. I would never disparage them. But I'll tell you, whenever you get that voice of negativity that's inside your head, it can become internalized. And when you drink, it goes away sometimes. Well, that's called believing the lies, right? That alcoholism and addiction speak to us. It's yes. all one big lie, isn't it? It sure Because is. where does it take us? It takes us to the rock bottom. Did you hit a rock bottom? I sure did. It started at the keg parties, but next thing you know, you know, after graduating from college, I came back to Pittsburgh. And as you know from having talked to me, even heard me play at the Psalms of the Heart anniversary party, I'm a professional musician. Yes. So I played around the streets of Pittsburgh in various clubs where they have bars, and I was drinking alcoholically, as I did in college, you know, and in high school as well. But wouldn't you know it, the loneliness feeling, you know how loneliness is such a big part of addiction, trying to fill that void. Maybe you're, you think a girl is going to fix it, right? So I'm at a jazz club. I meet a girl. She turns me on to hard drugs. So no longer am I just drinking. Now I'm doing the hard drugs. And that's when my life started to go even further down, right? It's one thing to have a hangover with booze. But when you're coming off the hard stuff and you're suicidal, that's a different story. So, Didn't you tell me you ended up in a mental institution? Absolutely. In college, I did, too, because I had a girlfriend that we broke up, and it was so I was so depressed, blah, blah, blah. And I was experimenting with drugs in, high, in college. But back in Pittsburgh, I got into the hard drugs, and that's a different game altogether because you know how that can bring you to a bottom really quick. Anyway, so what did I start doing? Well, I started getting suicidal when the drugs wore off, okay? Because I knew in my heart what I was doing was wrong, Terry. I knew it in my heart because I know the difference between right and wrong. But you couldn't stop, could you? I couldn't stop. Why? Uh, addicted. I remember at the end of my drinking, I told myself, you know what? I'm not going to drink today. And by the afternoon, it called my name. I was powerless over not using that substance. Even if I wanted to not use, I used anyway. Isn't that something? That's called mental illness. And it's derived from alcoholism and the demonic disease of addiction, right? I absolutely agree with you. It's be, Satan. It's, it's absolutely Satan. Satan. And I'll tell you, the Christian walk that I'm on today, I'm so darn grateful for that, the conviction of sin in my heart. I thought booze was my problem coming to AA when I finally made it to AA. But how did I make it to AA? I'll go back. I'll get to that in a moment. But basically, I'm checking myself in the psych wards, right? Crazy. My parents say, you can't stay with us anymore because you're just a complete nightmare on wheels. So I go to three-quarters houses. Well, see, I'm trying to juke and jive. You know how the addict is. I get kicked out of two of those. Mm. Next thing you know, I'm on the drug house couch with the eviction notice on the door. This is a kid from a nice part of town, you know, with you know all the uh, right accoutrements, right? Wouldn't you know it, uh, a couple people took me onto their couch. I did the couch surfing thing. How about that? Is that part of the hitting the bottom? <laughs> it sure is. You know, so the couch surfing trip was something because then I got off the hard drugs. But you know what? I still couldn't control my drinking. I go out on dates and the girls would be like, how come you're having 10? I'm having three. Right? I'll tell you. You know, long story short, the high school I attended, they ended up building this performing arts center on the campus. I met a woman, you know, who's, you know, supportive of music people like myself really appreciated my performance i ended up becoming the music teacher for her son the piano wow, teacher for her son wonderful yeah and it was really interesting how whenever she had a cocktail party to introduce me to some of her friends she had a grand piano and like a salon party if you whatever you want to call it and she noticed me put down a whole bottle of wine in no time flat by myself okay and she said Hey, Craig, you think you might have a problem with alcohol. But what's interesting about this, Terry, it's a powerlessness. I knew I was an alcoholic, 
But I kept drinking anyway. I said, oh, yes, I know I'm an alcoholic. In fact, when I leave here, I'm going to go hang out with my buddy and probably get into some harder liquor. I have no idea where I'm going to end up. I knew it. We don't care where we end up, do we? Isn't that something? Am I right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And there's people out there right now that are going through the same emotions that you did, that they're hitting rock bottom. They can't quit. Some of them don't want to quit because they are enslaved to this bondage, this demonic disease of addiction. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us how you went from laying on that couch to getting into the rooms of recovery and where you're at right now? Absolutely. Well, there was a time during all this desperation when I went into the church in the neighborhood where I grew up and cried out to God for help. So desperate. The first time I had darkened the doors of a church in the longest time, maybe ever. I mean, ever since, you know, when you were a kid going to church school. And I just cried out from the depths of my being, God, please help me. Because I knew I was done. And I knew God was my only way out. You know, he must have heard my prayer because the woman at that performing arts center, she 12-stepped me. And she introduced me to recovery. Isn't that wonderful? And God works through people, doesn't he? And that's what he did. And it just turns out that the woman who really respected my piano performance ended up having me teach her son and saw I was an alcoholic drinker and introduced me to recovery. Amen. And she was so supportive of my music. Next thing you know, I'm in Manhattan, New York, getting a master's degree at a fancy music college, if you can believe it. And my life really took a big turn for the better once I got off all that stuff. How long have you been... Uh Clean and sober, so to speak. This time, two years. During COVID, you know, the enemy did come after me because the woman I had been dating was an opera singer. And she, uh, you know, didn't want to hug anybody for nothing because as a singer, if you get COVID, you could be done. You're done. And the ego of the of the drunk like me, you know, I needed a hug, so to speak. So I f- ended up meeting somebody who wasn't sober and I thought I could control it. And I went out for one day and by the grace of God was able to come back and I have – two years sober at this time and of course it was so it's so difficult to even mention that you know but it's important well it's part of your journey it's part of my journey and i knew better my sponsor warned me and in my heart i kind of knew it but i had these desires the temptations that don't go away just because we get off the sauce and the alcohol and the drugs right and i want to tell you about gene remember gene ritter the whole idea of coming into the rooms you think this getting off the sauce is all it's about but if you think about the seven deadly sins, maybe drinking's gluttony or greed, but there's all of them. There's so many of this, you know? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I was off the sauce and doing the steps, but not doing them in their entirety the way it's outlined in the big books. I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to give the Holy Lord my alcohol and drug problem, but I wanted to manage my life my way. Because as you know, I was raised with the accoutrements in the nice part of town, so I wanted the money, property, prestige, and I wanted the women, Right. And, and and that's what I kind of pursued, but just not getting high or drunk. But once you know it, that conscience has a funny way of restoring itself. Amen. And I was dating women I wasn't married to, you know, and that wasn't stopping me, right? Until the conviction of sin, I talked to Gene Ritter, who had 50 years. I said, you know what? I don't feel good about what I'm doing. He said, let me boil it down for you, Craig. It's called sin. I was like, what are you talking about? Because as we know in our culture, the word sin, the whole, how about the Holy Spirit convicting me of my sin now that I'm sober to convert me to Christianity? Isn't that something? Sin is the first addiction known to mankind. 
Absolutely. And 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 you were led from a powerful Christian man in the twelve step recovery rooms to Jesus Christ. Were you not? I was. In fact, I went to the Psalms of the Heart meeting by accident. I was going early to a meeting at the, meeting at the Onala Club, and I went upstairs, and I thought I was late to the meeting. It turns out I was early for the meeting that was coming up, which is a Christian recovery meeting. And I just knew in my heart, whenever I had that conviction in my heart, it was like all of a sudden the Lord was speaking to my heart, and I knew that the Lord of the Bible was real because he was in my heart and letting me know that I shouldn't do this and I, and I shouldn't do that. But I never knew before I was convicted that there actually it was really for real until I felt it in my own heart. I'm sure you have an experience like that yourself. Amen. So you found the real Savior, Jesus Christ. I did. And it was by his grace, not only that I got sober, but by his grace, I came into a relationship with the Lord. And, and for that, I'll be eternally grateful. And now I can only try to help other people to realize that not only is it great to be sober, but it's great to have God in your in your heart as well, and that's maybe even one of the greatest gifts we have, you know. Amen, Craig. We're running out of time, and uh, I'm going to ask you to come back because this journey that you're sharing with us, you could only be sitting here by the forgiveness of our Savior Jesus Christ, but also implementing His teachings that we refer to as the twelve steps to recovery. Can you come back next week? and go over these 12 principles with us and how they changed your life? It would be my pleasure, Terry. Amen. Thanks for having me. Folks, tell your friends and family that Craig will be back to share his wonderful journey through the spiritual teachings of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.